everybody. Welcome to the Basis Points Podcast. I'm Kevin Flanagan, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Wisdom Tree Asset Management. A couple of weeks ago on a prior broadcast, I was talking to you about our Emerging Markets Corporate Bond Fund, EMCB, and I thought it would be a good idea to, to get a little bit more granular and to go to the expert, the actual uh, portfolio manager behind the EMCB fund uh, to provide further color, more information on this front. As you know, emerging markets is one of our primary themes, one of our five primary themes for this year. And I thought, who better to have on the podcast than the man behind the scenes himself? So I'm going to ask um, J.D. Budikofer, who is the head of Emerging Markets Fixed Income at Boya Investment Management uh, down there in Hotlanta, Georgia. Uh, we're going to go through this, you know, relatively quickly. I'm going to ask JD uh, three questions. Essentially, what is EMCB? Uh, why now? Why would you invest in this product at this point in time? And, and where does it fit, really, within an overall portfolio perspective? So, JD, thanks for coming on. It's great to have you. Uh, I hope things down there in Atlanta are not too hot yet. It is only uh, April. In late or uh, early May, late April, so as we're recording this, but welcome, welcome aboard. Great to have you. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for the invitation. Sure Thanks thing. for uh, the uh, the nice remark. But it's not only me. You know, we are uh, a broad team when it comes to emerging market corporate because it, it's a it's a fixed income asset class that has been growing uh, quite fast over the last 10 to to 15 years. Uh, emerging market corporates represent firms that are domiciled and active in emerging market, like you said in your introduction. Most of these firms, they issue debt in U.S. dollar, and that's where we're going to focus uh, to today. So when you buy the, the EMCB, the client will invest into corporates and banks based out of Asia, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, Africa, and closer to home, to home in, in Latin America. So most of these firms are global champions. There is a strong name recognition. Uh, probably for most of the U.S. investors, you, you're more familiar with some of the South American uh, companies. You could have a, an Ecopetrol in, in Colombia, Southern Copper, uh, one of the largest South American mining company uh, in Mexico and, 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 and Peru. So the, the, the name is, is really important. And, and you have and you faced with companies that are uh, key uh, to the economy of these countries, but are active uh, worldwide. Third, when it comes to, to what is emerging market corporate, I think we have seen this massive growth of this asset class over the last 10 years, like I said earlier, and, and the size of the market capitalization has risen tremendously. Uh, so if you want to compare a bit, you know, what it means, uh, the, the market capitalization represented by the JP Morgan SMB uh, index is around 1.32 trillion US dollars. So for maybe, you know, like most of the the readers and, and clients, what does it mean once for two trillions? Uh, it's probably the same size as the uh, sovereign hard currency index, but 
quite short, a few hundred billions less than the U.S. high yield, which is around 1.6 billion, or uh, if you are more familiar with U.S. IG, it's around a fifth uh, of the uh, U.S. IG market. And, and we were going to compare probably, you know, the U.S. high yield and U.S. IG, and that's probably one of the other reasons why, you know, you, you would buy emerging market corporate. Uh, emerging market corporate surprisingly have shown a lower default rate and U.S. high yield and U.S. IG over the last uh, two uh, cycles. So that's uh, when it comes to the uh, what is emerging uh, market. It's not a negligible asset class. Uh, people tend to uh, buy when they enter the asset class emerging market sovereign. Uh, but clearly, uh, if you broaden your, your credit spectrum, emerging market corporate uh, is a must-have uh, within an emerging market asset allocation. So I think, you know, J.D., that, that's great insights, especially on, on the default rates. I think that certainly that may catch some of our listeners by, by surprise. You know, and, and that is a nice segue into, into the why now. I mean, we've seen 10-year Treasury yields rise. Let's, let's just call it 70 or 80 basis points this year, depending upon what day that you wanted to look at. You know, and, and even with that, obviously, U.S. rates are are at historically low levels. So, you know, typically fixed income investors turn to the credit markets, as you alluded to, uh, to try to capture some yield. But, you know, what I wanted to ask you, could you give us a sense, if you're looking at U.S. high yield, U.S. investment grade, how does EMCB stack up with respect to yield comparisons uh, as well as duration comparisons? Yeah, and that's a great question, Kevin, and, and thanks for alluding to the, the relative value when it comes to uh, U.S. Uh, high yield, U.S. IG, and, and emerging market corporate. I, I haven't gone you know, too deep in the granularity of what emerging markets uh, is, is offering. But again, you, know, you could go and structure your portfolio entirely of emerging market corporate on the IG space or go down the credit ladder and buy emerging market corporate high yields. The fund offers you the optimal blend uh, based on our credit analysis between uh, high yield and IG names within uh, our uh, universe. So when it comes to, to yield, uh, think about the, the following is when you look at an emerging market corporate, you would kind of uh, have a yield to worse around, you know, four and a half uh, percent. Uh, if you compare that uh, with a U.S. high yield for the time being, you, know, you are low fours. Uh, USIG, you are also probably you know, low too. So there is a decent pickup in terms of total yield uh, versus uh, the, its cousin USIG and, and US high yield. The key, which is quite important as well, is the duration, like you mentioned. And so if you look at the duration uh, of the index uh, over which we run the fund, is around you know four spot nine years. If you compare that you know with US investment grade corporate, it's nearly double. It's, you know, eight and a half. Uh, U.S. high yield has had historically a shorter duration. But clearly, uh, when it comes to emerging market corporate, if you are worried by potential higher rates volatility in the United States or, you know, steepening of the U.S. curve, uh, emerging market corporate will not offer a strong diversification angle, but also from a total return perspective, should 
give you a potential better risk-adjusted return versus the peers we were mentioning. So that's purely when it comes to the comparison and also you know, what you want to do in a more volatile U.S. rates environment. But I think we have to do as well a macro you know, catch. Why would you buy emerging market? I think the first thing, when you look from a U.S. perspective, we all agree that the U.S. has been rebounding decently. So when you go into emerging market, first of all, you must believe in the positive growth differential, but also the potential catch-up. We all know that emerging market have been lagging. Some of the countries are still, you know, in lockdown. Uh, COVID is still raging in some countries, and we know, you know, the headlines when it comes to India as an example. But clearly, these countries will also, you know, climb back uh, when it comes to capturing the growth differential that they have been given up uh, over the last uh, 12 months. So, beside the relative value and the risk analytics we're mentioning, you must believe and, you know, you defended the case of why do you buy fundamentally uh, emerging market. The other thing, which is why would you buy an EMCB, is quite clear. Probably, you know, you want to diversify further your credit portfolio. You want to go into an asset class that has been growing really fast, but like we said earlier, where the credit metrics have been improving significantly. We have seen CFOs and CEOs from emerging market, you know, uh, corporates, improving significantly their debt profile. They have been used, you know, to kind of sell through period of higher uncertainty or, or political noise, and they did a great job in improving uh, that, the, the credit worthiness, and as a result, you know, uh, leading to a lower uh, default rate. So the other thing, which is quite clear, uh, if you go down the credit ladder, like you were suggesting, you really want, from a U.S. perspective, to diversify your way. You don't want to have only a U.S. focus, you know, or a U.S. bias. You want to go global. Now, and clearly, uh, emerging market, if you look at both the equity and the bond, if you would GDP weight, you know, the market capitalization, you may not be willing to neglect investing in these regions. So I think, you know, I think, J.D., those... Those are interesting aspects. In other words, looking at things from a more holistic portfolio. And, and the final question that I, I wanted to ask you on that front, since I think we covered the what is EMCB, why, and you were touching on portfolio positioning as well. You know, oftentimes here in the U.S., investors, especially given the yield challenges or income challenges yeah. we have, people look at core plus, and it's usually some kind of core plus high yield. But if you were to apply, say, a core plus with a, a core instrument and, say, an EMCB, what I find interesting and I wanted you to touch upon was that we're not talking necessarily about high yield, that we actually have more of a, a split between investment grade and high yield within that fund. So if you could just touch upon that, I think that's also an important point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that you really touch, you know, a nail, nail to the point. A few years back, if you would have, you know, touched emerging market credit, e.g., you know, sovereign and or corporates, you had 
definitively a, a high heel bias, and we have gone through a lot of you know boom and bust in this asset class, you know, since I started in the in the nineties. So, what's what's the thing? Uh, there is a lot of noise when you do you know emerging market, and we know that. You know, we speak about over seventy five countries, and and every day you will be you know kind of facing of some kind of headlines that something is happening somewhere. But the key, the, the reality is, you know, you want to be actively managing the idiosyncratic risk between what you're going to find on the emerging market corporate IG space and, and the, the, the high heat side. So clearly, when it comes from a corporate perspective, uh, we have been advising our clients to add emerging market credit. The question is, you know, how much and how do you want to blend between emerging market corporate and emerging market sovereign? If you want to diversify away from U.S. domestic credit, every investor shall, you know, put probably a, a blend of 50-50 between emerging markets open and emerging market uh, corporate. So, number one, it's a perfect, you know, add-up uh, to an emerging market sold hard currency instrument. You're broadening your credit exposure. You diversify and avoid idiosyncratic stories. Uh, but again. Uh, if you add emerging market corporate, uh, you touch the, the important issue, which is, you know, you're going to buy an asset class that has a much lower duration than USIG and, and emerging market hard currency uh, sovereign. Now, how much? Everybody has, you know, a different risk return profile. Some clients are more risk averse. Some, you know, may be already invested in emerging market equities, for example. So. If you want to climb uh, up in the capital structure and you think that emerging market equities have done quite well, we could advise you know, the client to probably shave and take profit on the EM equity side uh, and, and buy emerging market corporate. You buy the same name, you are not on the equity side, you don't take any, any EM currency risk anymore, and you have an, a decent uh, yield and coupon uh, to earn. Now, how much in a core plus? Um, probably, you know, a, a decent allocation uh, into emerging market credit would be, you know, between five and eight uh, percent of the portfolio. We have seen clients more aggressive and pushing it, you know, uh, up to ten percent. Again, uh, adding emerging market corporate offers a lot of opportunities, uh, but the client uh, must be aware uh, of the sometimes headline risk and how volatile the markets could, could be. Yeah, you know, I, I think those are those are great points. And, you know, what we're going to do, I think we're going to leave it there. I think we, we covered it. Um, certainly, if you want more information, please feel free to reach out to us, to your Wisdom Tree directors in your region. Go to our website at www.wisdomtree.com. Uh, certainly, there's more information on the EM corporate bond fund EMCB that we have there. So, J.D., I want to thank you very much for coming on, and hopefully we'll have you on again in the not-too-distant future. My pleasure. And with that, we're going to sign off, everybody. Be well and have a great rest of the week. And thank you so much. investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at wisdomtree.com. Read it carefully. There are risks associated with investing, including possible loss of principal. Foreign investing involves special risks, such as risk of loss from currency fluctuation 
or political or economic uncertainty. Investments in emerging, offshore, or frontier markets are generally less liquid and less efficient than investments in developed markets and are subject to additional risks, such as risks of adverse government regulation and intervention or political developments. Derivative investments can be volatile, and these investments may be less liquid than other securities and more sensitive to the effects of varied economic conditions. Fixed income investments are subject to interest rate risk. Their value will normally decline as interest rates rise. In addition, when interest rates fall, income may decline. Fixed income investments are also subject to credit risk, risk that the issuer of a bond will fail to pay interest in principle in a timely manner, or that negative perceptions of the issuer's ability to make such payments will cause the price of that bond to decline. Unlike typical exchange-traded funds, there is no index that the fund attempts to track or replicate. Thus, the ability of the fund to achieve its objective will depend on the effectiveness of the portfolio manager. Please read the fund's prospectus for specific details regarding the fund's risk profile. Statements concerning financial market trends are based on current market conditions, which will fluctuate. References to specific securities and their issuers are for illustrative purposes only and are not intended to be and should not be interpreted as recommendations to purchase or sell such securities. Wisdom Tree funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC, in the U.S. And Kevin Flanagan is a registered representative of Foresight Fund Services, LLC.